0: Welcome to this week's Deep Dive. This week, we have Jamie Mayer, the legend in his own mind. (laughs) We could list all his titles and all the recognition, but I think Jamie just wants to kind of be, it's Jamie. (laughs) So welcome, Jamie. Jamie.
1: Thank you very much, Kate.
0: And so we're really excited to have you on this week because this week we kind of got a little bit rowdy on promo chat. I say that because I'm a legend in my own mind as well. And, And so we were kind of talking about the things that kind of go unsaid in this industry where everyone's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, we got to talk about it, but nobody does. And so we started with what's one thing about the promo industry that everyone knows, but no one talks about. Why are these topics persona non grata? And you responded with too much brand filled being made. That is irresponsible and not sustainable. Mm. This is a favorite topic of mine because it's, you know, (laughs) we have to have products with purpose and a lot of times we're chasing the cheapest item and not looking at everything else. So for you, like, what, what do you kind of notice? Do you notice a trend and change? Do you, are you just like, this has to stop? What's your one thing that you want to like lay out there of no one talks about this and we need to.
1: Yeah. You know, I think the whole concept around brand fill is that You know, you see at retail, like fast fashion, as an example, like there's been kind of a revolt against fast fashion and, you know, people's understanding of the implications, not only in the supply chain and environmentally, but just, you know, the people who are making these products. And I think our industry is lagging and has lagged in many areas we kind of turn a blind eye um, because we're always happy to get a great order. We're always happy to get a big order, but we're not always kind of versed or um, helping our clients understand the implications of, of what it is they're asking us to have made. And so that's where I, I kind of wish we would stop for a second and just say, what's the outcome? Like, what is the expectation of this and where will it end up? And, and I think we need to be more responsible around that. And so that's where the notion of brand fill came up. And it was kind of a simple question, like, is this brand fill or is this actually purposeful and is it going to get used? And if it's brand fill, then we really don't want to do it.
0: Yeah, because I, I would say that my biggest complaint right now about what people are talking about is, that there's a lot of suppliers out there going, we have eco products without recognizing everything around the eco. Like I remember this one story where they're like, Oh, it was like this amazing, like eco-friendly tumbler, blah, blah. And it all came in a plastic bag and an unrecyclable box. And so there was no, again, it was to have the eco product without the thought behind of what that eco product actually is. And, and it's, it's true. If you, unless it means something, don't do it because it's not gonna get used. And then the other thing is, like you take away, like you're getting a lot of put, and I hear from a lot of distributors about this, is there's a ton of push from end users going, well, we don't want to be wasteful. So what would be your suggestion to people to kind of counteract that? Okay, well, it's not wasteful if we do.
1: Yeah, well, that's a really good point about the the eco product, because there's so many things right where, the marketing of it makes sense but then in practicality like how it's actually being produced and how it's being delivered defeat the purpose of of the eco friendliness of it and i think there's the subject is so complex right because it goes back to what how do you define sustainability right if is if sustainability is defined as simply as is this a sustainable behavior is this a sustainable process um, it's not just, is it ecologically friendly? Is it, is it good for people? Is it good for the people who make these things? And so I think the, the broadening, the definition of sustainability is really, really important, um, first and foremost. And then I think, you know, just from, from how we advise clients and and clients, they'll make a mandate and they'll say, yes as a brand we want to be more responsible we want to have you know less ancillary packaging and we want to be perceived as leaders in you know this space or what have you and and a lot of it's lip service and 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 i think for us to be in a position of being educated and being able to consult and advise in a very professional manner to clients in helping them get a hundred percent there, not just you know faking their way there, but getting all the way there, I think is vital, because um, nothing will change, because change is this is really, really hard, right? Like you're talking about all of these processes that have probably been in place for a long, long time, people doing these jobs, people making these things, whether it's just something as kind of simple as a plastic bag that goes around like you got to change, that's change management now, right? And yeah. so, so I think it's almost like, you know, we have this committee for promo standards, you know, that's figuring out how to make the most efficient process to share information around orders. We almost need to have the same type of committee and approach to sustainability and packaging and reducing quote unquote brand fill. Um, Cause I think unless we really commit to it, and we can get away with it because it's kind of the path of least resistance. We would all prefer to just kind of get away with it because um, that's easy. But yeah. it doesn't make anyone feel good. You know, we we know it doesn't feel good because it's going to come home to roost at some point.
0: I would argue that it's come home now. Like if you look at the dialogue, the ones that have become like the articles that have come up. So the Fast Company, like there's so many yeah. articles and mentions out there of like how wasteful swag is. Yeah. And and so, like, it's there. Like, people see it and they see, I, like, I, I remember this article and it was talking about the latest, like, election. So, I think it's called the JJ Dinner or the Truth and Freedom Dinner. It happens in Iowa and it was this big thing. And it was right after uh, Beto had just, uh, uh, he just stepped down. And the article mentioned, like, twice how the garbage bins around the arena were filled with Beto swag. Like, or Beto, sorry. uh we're we're just filled with his his merchandise just thrown away and you know that's going to happen with a lot of the other campaigns that are going on is like everything that just gets tossed and so already there's a mindset out there of people seeing branded things as junk instead of seeing them as marketing as uh, like a sort of promotional material and truly being a promotional item and not just kind of like, you put your logo on it. Right. Yeah. Well,
1: that's the thing too, right? Like if we recognize that this is advertising for the most part, you know, if you think about a bad, you know, a bad TV spot or a bad radio spot or a bad social media spot, like what are the, what are the real kind of physical implications of that? Like there's not that much waste maybe some you know mental horsepower was wasted but no one's running to the recycling bin with a bad tv spot and and so i think you know if you look at like some of the companies like you know the um the grossman's right they started a company called swag cycle i don't know if you've seen that where Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of it's a new model and ben grossman's leading it and um and they are in the process of, of developing a company that will essentially collect unwanted merchandise and they'll dispose of it in in a responsible manner. And I don't know enough about the model, but I think it's intriguing. And then, of course, you've got, you know, Denise and Sarah in Vancouver and Fairware and they're, you know, they've built their whole business model around being sustainable and being responsible and being advocates and advisors. And so I think we need more people like that. And yeah. And I think we're not going to be able to hide from it. I mean, like you mentioned, the Fast Company article, um, was it uh, Liz Segrin, I think may have been her name. I mean, she torched us. Yeah. And rightfully so. And and I think if we just pretend like, oh, we'll get through that news cycle and just go back to what we're doing, you know, it's... It's, it's really not going to end up well. I remember in 2008, 2009, when the economy really turned and everyone stopped buying because the economy was so bad. Everyone was being laid off. And we had, um, you know, we had a partnership with a, a great company in London. And I flew to London and I said to those guys, what happens if clients realize when the economy turns around, they don't need what we do? Because they just stop buying it now. What happens if they actually realize they don't need it? There's nothing purposeful. There's nothing measurable. What happens then? And I still have that question in my mind. You know, We went back to our old behavior and just, you know, the industry kept growing and growing, but nothing changed. And so I feel like with younger generation, people coming in and issues around, you know, climate change, and everything, like we've got to get serious about this. As serious about pushing orders efficiently, we've got to get serious about, are we making stuff that matters
0: yeah yeah and it and it's so true and and as you mentioned before like sustainable means sustainable behavior like can we make yeah. these changes and stick to them and not and stop honestly stop treating eco products as a trend and a fad that will go away like like fidget sitters like because it's not that like it's right. it's here it's go and my god yeah like what happens when people are like no it's a wasteful item like no i don't see purpose in it or like i mean you can see the changes already in fast fashion like sort of the blowback against h&m and forever 21 and right and it's just going to continue that way and yeah yeah and it, so i'm thinking
1: i'm i'm thinking about championing this no brand fill thing <laughs>
0: go for it well it's it 's one of those like i I push this with my awards is like you 're going to spend a little bit more on it because it 's something that is going to be there forever like it 's yep. like it 's of meaning to the person that it 's not going to be like oh, this is this is a cool scarf yeah no that 's not my style anymore, and it gets tossed the next the next year like buy something that is buy and design things that are meaningful to people. Like I always think of the best way to kind of figure out good promos. So like sit at the airport and watch what people are actually using. Like what's the brand that, or what's the product that's lasted to someone's like routine. And, and it's the same way. It's like people aren't going to be wearing that cheap t-shirt that has, you know, a bad logo on it. They're going to be wearing the really cool, like, you know, I think, uh, like a few brands are coming out with t-shirts with meaning as well. Yeah. They're going to, they're wanting to put their emotion and their money and their time behind brands and products that have meaning and purpose. And, and if we're just looking at it as like a quick hit on a logo that right. has no purpose, has no breath, has no meaning on it.
1: Right. And I, you know, I think a lot of it just comes down to, you can ask a simple question, like who cares? Yeah. And if the answer is like yeah I don't care about that then like maybe consider doing something different like if you're so compelled to have to do something do something that matters and like you know we before we jumped on we were talking about the merchandise that you know, common skew does for their events right
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, I hand it to that team and Mark Graham because they're so creative and they work so closely with their partners who manufacture and you're one of them. And and you guys make beautiful things that people don't want to leave behind. And to me, that's a great mark of of a product that, that people care about. They, it resonates with them personally because they've made the effort to attend these events. They feel like they're part of the community these products are representations of that experience and the emotion that comes with it and the friendships that they're building. And then it just so happens it's cool. Like they're cool stuff. And if you could bottle that recipe up and say, these are the criteria that make for great merchandise that is, you know, compelling and it's responsible and sustainable and all those things. And you followed that playbook, then we'd all be better off because The vast majority of this industry will fetch and they will be told, go fetch me this. And they're excited and they'll go fetch without asking, why am I fetching this for you? What are you trying to, because I think a lot of that comes with courage too. You have to be not only courageous enough to stop and ask, but you also have to be educated enough to ask why and then have a good answer. So. I don't know. I, I I mean, I've been in this industry my entire career and I find it fascinating because it mirrors so many other industries like advertising, you know, big advertising. It it mimics fashion. It mimics, um, you know, retail. And, and so, but there's a lot of dynamics that go into this that make this business complicated, but I think we could simplify it.
0: Yeah. And, and again, it's like, I like, I want to see that push away from, oh, I need a thousand pieces for $1, like, right? change it to 50 pieces for $5 or like right. change your, your method on what you're selling so that you don't be your Cause it's a branding thing for you as well. It's like you just become right. a fetcher, go fetch me this item for really cheap. Okay. Instead of if, like an advisor of like, what do you think we could get the best ROI for? Right. If yeah.
1: you, uh, it, I'm just going to apologize now. If you hear some noise in the background, it's it's the Clydesdale Weimariner that is running around. So that's what's Hi. happening. So
0: <laughs> we're we're used to dogs being in the background here. So don't okay. worry.
1: <laughs> okay. But um,
0: yeah, well, so Jamie, this is a fantastic conversation. Do you think we've fixed the industry yet?
1: No, we don't have, we've got so far to go. <laughs> but kind of I think... It? Yeah, but well, hey, I think it's a, I think it's such an important topic. Like if you could see this topic coming up, like in education, um, more often in some of the industry events, more conversations, having experts like you know Denise Tasheru come and speak to larger audiences. Um, but I do think, I do think we have to approach it from a systemic standpoint, right? Like we have to approach it from a process-oriented change management platform of what can we do to do this better? And I think um, there's a gentleman out in Seattle. I think his name's Jeff Becker. Do You know, Jeff, he's a CEO of, I think yes. it's COTIS K-O-T-I-S, design, super smart guy, thinker. And he, you know, he's very passionate and serious about this subject too. And so I think he, maybe it's just, a, you know, you get a group of people together to create a ruckus and yes. stir the pot and and I think it's going to be better off for everybody, and uh, and then we can just reduce our no brand fill. Uh, exactly,
0: and because the change has to like like I said, this isn't a fad. This isn't going away. This You're is absolutely right. It's we have to now think about this, and I I think suppliers and distributors have to stop waiting for the end users to push it on us to be like, well, we should have an eco one. It's like we have to start pushing it out, being like you need to do this for your promo. You need to think this way for your, for your event. And because otherwise we're going to be left behind because we're not reflecting what people want essentially or what people need.
1: That point you just made is so great because I think the tendency is, is to have the end user apply their standards upon us. And then we change based upon, upon them. And I think, that's difficult obviously because every end user has their own standards but but i think you're right like we've gotten used to sitting back waiting to be told how to go do something i think we now need to innovate and and take more of a leadership position as an industry and say this is what these are our standards like this is what we're doing and then we can go apply that across you know the end user base and and do that from a position of of authority and you know professionalism. So I, I think your point there is so important and powerful that we've always kind of just waited to be told what to do and we're yeah. we're, we're good at that but it's got to change.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just the straws. So straw reusable straws was ASI's number one product this year. And that's reflected right. in searches and orders and sort of the rise in products selection. That like Last year, like it, their numbers were crazy because it didn't even register. Like it was just low enough that you're like, oh, it's it's a product offer. And then the next year was huge. And a lot of that came from one viral video of a turtle, like from the right. effect of what our waste is. So it's like, right. okay, well, what, what is the next thing going to be? Like what else are we going to lose or is it going to become the next big thing? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Lots of <laughs> Lots to think about and to cover on this one. Well, yeah, well, thank I, you. Yeah, thank you so much for being part of this conversation and joining us on promo chat. My
1: pleasure. Uh I also,
0: Yeah, so where can we find you on the internet?
1: Well, I'm I'm mainly like starting to get my Twitter game going, so I'm at Jamie Mayer, which is J A M I E M A I R. That's where I am on Twitter Perfect. at Jamie Mayer. That's simple. And we'll find you. Just, just Jamie. Yeah, yeah.
0: You're a fun follow everyone should go see him. <laughs>
1: right I'm trying to curtail my swearing on Twitter
0: why start now
1: I know all right well thank you very much for having me
0: well thank you and thank you and thank you to our sponsor Maple Ridge Farms for uh being a part of our promo chat and remember everyone every Wednesday 3 p.m eastern and noon pacific and just follow the hashtag thank you